Hey everyone, it's Mike from Air Raid Attack Podcast. Let me talk to you for just one minute. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain to you in five simple steps. Number one, it's free. Number two, there is creation tools that will allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Number three, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Number four, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Number five, it's everything you need to make a podcast in in one place. So, how do you sign up? It's simple. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Enjoy the show. What is up? It's another episode of Air Raid Attack Podcast. Uh, As always, follow us on our show, Air Raid underscore podcast, and then follow me on my personal Twitter, on air with Mike, interact with us throughout the week. And also, we are currently live on Periscope. Uh, Mike underscore air raid attack and uh, follow us on there as well. I'll interact, uh, do a, a, a scope throughout the week as we lead up to another episode of the air raid attack. And uh, so much for we're gonna, so much more. We're gonna be talking about, of course, the Houston Astros scandal, the Stefan Diggs to Denver. That is right, Stefan Diggs, rumors of the. Of the addition to uh, to Denver, what will it take for the Broncos? The XFL Week Two is underway, and then uh, we'll be talking the NFL mock draft as we are entering the combine time of the season. So, without further ado, let's talk about what everybody has been talking about, and that is the Houston Astros. Ten things you guys should know that I know. And learned from the nine-page investigative report. Sounds like we're just talking about the impeachment inquiry all over again, but all over again. But in regards to the Houston Astros, um, so here's what we do know: um, that the it was revealed in November that the team devised a system to illegally steal signs throughout its 2017 season. Now remember. 2017 is the year they won the World Series. So here's a recap of the discipline thus far that the Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred has done. Well, A.J. Hinch, the former manager, is suspended for a year. The Astros, of course, fired him. General Manager Jeff, um, I believe it's Jeff Lonown, is suspended for a year, but he was fired. By the Astros. Um, the former assistant general manager. Brandon Tubman Is suspended for a year. Um, the Astros had to forfeit. Their first and second round picks. For the next two seasons. And then the Astros fined. Five million. Which is the max. That was allowed. Under the Major League Baseball's constitution. Okay. None of those to me are harsh. Enough. None. Here's what we do know. The Astros fully cooperated. Well, I mean, they had no choice, if you think about it. 
the investigation covered throughout the 2016, of course, into the 2017 World Series championship season, 2018, and then, of course, 2019, another World Series appearance that year. They interviewed 68 witnesses, 23 are either current or former Astro uh, Astro uh, players. The league also reviewed emails, phone records, text messages, video clips. Of course, the commissioner said that the Astros fully cooperated. They gave us everything we asked for. All the requested electronic communications. Making all requested employees available for interviews. Here's the second thing we do know. That the owner, Jim Crane, had, there was no evidence, he had any knowledge of the club's illegal sign-stealing efforts that was reported in the report. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. I'll give you a bit of a doubt. Let's just say that he didn't. But at the same time, you're the owner. How do you not know? Monday's press conference, um, the owner practically said that in the 2017-18 season, they used no electronics at all. Number three, the sign-stealing system evolved. If you want to look at it, the 2016 season, the Major League Baseball investigation didn't reveal any other scheme or method utilized by the Astros to steal signs. The early 2017 season, the center field feed was used to decode signs when the Astros had a runner on second base. The sequence would then be relayed to the dugout. The runner at second would decode the signs and signal to the hitter at the plate. Two months into 2017, the garbage can method was implemented and the team began to pump a live feed to a new monitor in the tunnel. The Astros initially tried whistling and clapping before settling on the garbage can. The scheme is called the player driven in which the former Mets manager, only for a few months, Carlos Beltran, mentioned by name. And those were used throughout the 2017 season. The post, hey, what's up? The postseason 2017. Manfred report says the club continued, continued, guys, to, to using their systems to steal signs during the postseason, even after the clubs, all 30 of them, were warned that September not to not use electronics improperly to steal signs. We look into the prior to 2018. The Astros then relocated the video room to a room closer to the dugout at Minute Maid Park. 
to a location similar around the league. 2018 season, the Astros continued to use their video room to decode signs and relay them to the dugout. At some point during the season, they stopped decoding signs because the players no longer believed it was effective. Wow, really? The 2018 postseason, the Major League Baseball's investigation uncovered no evidence that they that the Astros used electronic equipment to decode the signs during the 2018 postseason. And lastly, the 2019 season, um, uh, they revealed no violations. The league revealed no violations during the season or postseason. Really? Now, remind you, Former Astro players came out and broke the news. We then looked at it that there was buzzers. They were banging on trash cans, making noises, whatever they want to do. We got people, I got this guy commented just now that the Yankees are a bunch of crybabies. No, it's called winning. You win the right way. I don't care if the Yankees would, or if the Yankees wants to do it, I would expect the same punishment out of them. You cheated your way to win a World Series. You attempted, and you did cheat your way to another attempt to a World Series, and rightfully so, the Los Angeles Dodgers should be pissed off, and Cody Bellinger is, is by far in that boat. Along with a few other ones. It is an absolute. Absolute. Black eye. To the. League. To the league. It's worse. Than the steroid. Scandal. Way worse. Where does this put you at now? Seriously, where does this put you at now? We'll see. We'll see. Um, like I said, it's... It's not good. Number four, um, Alex Cora. He lost his job. He was a part of it. He was a bench coach in Houston in 2017. He's the manager of the Red Sox. He was fired because of this. We're looking at um, number f- um, the fifth thing I, I read that I was interested in. that uh, Manfred said that the report says that sign-stealing schemes was almost entirely player-driven. That top baseball operations officials were not involved. Number six, A.J. Hint went so far. uh, The former manager, he went so far, he damaged him. All the equipment. Another report says in the report that majority, if not most, of the players on the 2017 Astros team were involved. The 
The disappointing thing right now is the players were not disciplined. My personal opinion is you you revoke the 2017 World Series. No, you don't give it to the Dodgers. You don't give the 2017 AL pennant to the Yankees. You don't give the 2019 AL pennant to the Yankees. No, you don't do that. You forfeit. There is no 2017 World Series champions. There is no 2019 American League champion. You get the players that received all the rings. You get the rings back. You make it mandatory. If not, hey, make it consequences. You revoke, you remove the banners, the pennants, anything that's in that ballpark that resembles the 2017 World Series Championship, the AO pennant of 2017, 2019 AO pennant, 2018, if you want to take a division championships down, go for it. I don't care. I think you should from 20, at least from 2017, 18, 19 season. If they're going back to 2016, then check a look. I don't care about that year. But if you want to invest, if they're investigating in it, then go for it. Take 2016 or anything they want in 2016, take it down. Wearable handheld technology was used. And what's funny is the Boston Red Sox were fined in the 2017 season for using Apple Watches, which I do have, but I don't use it hardly anymore, for sign stealing. The Astros had a similar method to what the Boston Red Sox had. And Manfred, who I don't, I'm not a huge fan of Rob Manfred at all. I'm not. And I'm not saying I was a huge fan of Bud Sealing because I wasn't. Bud Sealing, he was okay. Manfred, I think, has dealt more, had more issues with this league than anything possible. Bud Sealing, biggest eyesore was the steroids. You're looking at the steroids in mid nineties and mid nineties into the late nineties, and it carried on since. He, he, he called out the Astros team as problematic. That the culture was problematic. Well, Rob Manfred, I'd love to have you on the show. That would be so amazing. Or somebody from the league office. And it's not to put you on blast mode. I'm no better than you or anybody else. But what is the league going to do moving forward? Because personally, the punishment hasn't been dealt with that much. Uh, And that's my personal opinion. But um, it's a black eye. It is a complete black eye. I to 
the league. Worse by four. I've said it before. Worse by four than steroids. <clears throat> but anyway, we're switching gears. Um, before we head into the Denver Broncos, uh, as always, follow us on Twitter, Air Raid underscore podcast. To follow the show, follow me on my personal Twitter, On Air with Mike, and then Periscope, Mike underscore Air Raid Attack. For all the information, shows, live shows, um, rebarcasts, so on and so forth. Um, and uh, we'll be interacting with you throughout the week and weekend. Now, circulation coming out of Denver, uh, Stefan Diggs. Denver's highly interested in uh, acquiring. Um, Stefan Diggs. Now, what would it take for Stefan Diggs um, to come to Denver? What would it be? Uh, what would it cost Denver? Let me put that answer. The question is, what would it cost Denver for Stefan Diggs's um, services to the Mile High? And if you listen to the previous uh, podcasts, uh, if you are a fan of Time to BS podcast with a buddy of mine, Dan um, from New York. Uh, I have mentioned time and time again, Denver is a weapon away from competing again to making the playoffs. Not so much winning the division, we got to take baby steps. Baby step is definitely to make the playoffs. We're worried about winning the division once we get to that point. But the, right now, we have to make it. Four years out, we have not made it since our Super Bowl season, um, Super Bowl 50, now four years ago. So... Um, Diggs is going to, his salary is going to be 11 and a half mil against the cap if the Broncos acquired him via, uh, of course, the trade. Now, if, if the trade happened before June 1st, <coughs> excuse me, the Vikings are going to have to eat 9 million of that. Now, we'll see. He's not going to be that receiver that's going to burn you on every single play. There's going to be on plays that he's going to. Just like any receiver can uh, can do that. But, now, what is Denver willing to give up? That's the, that's the question. Me personally... If you can acquire Diggs, I would not at all draft a receiver in the first round. Because more than likely, CeeDee Lamb's not going to be there. Um, Jerry Judy's not going to be there. I don't know if even Ruggs, the third's going to be there. I don't, I don't know. And depends on how high T. Higgins from Clemson, people think, he may not be there. I don't, it's one of those, you're going to have to do something. And if you don't think you can get your receiver in a draft, um, I I, I say pull the trigger. I I love, I like Diggs. Um, I, like I said, he's going to counteract with, he's going to counteract with, um, 
with Cortland. But again, what will it cost? We'll see. Will Denver make the move? We'll see. Um, we'll see. Denver's biggest question is really on, on the offensive line. They have Ronald Leary's contract. Are they willing to sign him for that player, you know, for that team option of eight? You got Joe Flacco's team option of ten. Uh, what are you going to do on the defensive side? Are you willing to pay CJ uh, Chris Harris? CHJ. Are you willing to pay Chris Harris Jr. the money he wants? Are you willing to pay Justin Simmons, Shelby Harris, Derek Wolf? And there's a lot of questions in this thing. A lot. The Broncos are a player away. And if they have an offensive line, Garrett Bulls uh, improved throughout the season. Um, I like Dalton Reisner. Connor McGovern at center, I thought played pretty well. Hopefully, uh, James, Jawan James, will come back next year healthy. If we can get another piece on the offensive line or two, improve on that. I would go free agency and attack um, attack the offensive line. You definitely need to attack the defense. I think you're a player way offensive-wise to to be win. I like that. I think they're solid in the tight end position. I think they're solid uh, in the running backs for the most part. But a receiver, you're just one weapon away. Deshaun Hamilton proved his worth and and definitely showed out towards the end, along with uh, Patrick and along, of course, Cortland Sutton breaked out as one of the best young receivers in the game and, and the future star and, and face of the league in regards to the receiving. And so, um, offensive-wise, Denver has a lot to not worry about, but again, they have a lot to prove, uh, prove on. Defense is, is the biggest question. you got a lot of void you got to fill. Are you are you willing to to cough up that money for Chris Harris and for Justin Simmons and and so on and Wolf and so on and so forth and I looked at the latest mock draft and they do have Denver taking Henry Ruggs if they're out of Alabama um, the third best receiver in a lot of people's drafts and I think I would um, I would say probably that's probably so uh, if they do go the the digs route. Do they go receiver? I say no. Uh, depending on what you give up, you can attack defense. If you attack the defensive side, you could probably let go of maybe of a Wolf or Shelby Harris, depending on what you go. But I'm telling you, if you can get Diggs, if Tristan Wolfs, the, the Whiffs, I think is how you say his last name, the offensive lineman out of uh, Iowa. I think you go that route. Uh, I don't think Andrew Thomas is going to be down that far. Uh, I really like, um, uh, I really like Derek Brown, the defensive lineman out of Auburn, but I don't see him falling to fifteen. Assuming you go Diggs. Um, if you want to go edge, um, AJ Epson Nesta. I know I butchered his last name, but I'm, I apologize. But Iowa, a uh, huge route you can go. I like the kid, um, Chazen out of LSU. You know this is um again. You got a lot of you got a lot of options, but the question is, what if they are willing to make the move to 
if they're willing to make the move to um, for Diggs, what will it take? And we'll see. Um, we'll see what they're willing to do when that time comes. And and if so, <clears throat> um, what I mean, if you look at it this way, uh, Denver. Uh, it was a third round pick to for San Francisco to acquire Emmanuel Sanders. It was a third round pick for Las Vegas, or for Oakland at the time to acquire uh, Antonio Brown. So again, will will it? Um, we'll see. Will it? Will it be? Um, will it be another third round? Um, I know they have multiple picks in the third round, so we'll see. But uh, nonetheless, well, it's going to be interesting. We're, we're, we're getting closer to the combine. And we are going to see exactly what they can, uh, what they will do once we get closer to the draft. I know that uh, that's a lot of trades are made. Um, but until then, uh, XFL Week 2 is underway. Uh, we just wrapped up the first half of Week 2. Uh, DC really handled, I, I, I watched that game, New York, uh, just... Offensive-wise, was not there. Um, uh, McLoin, McLoin really struggled. Uh, 8 of 19, uh, 44 yards. Williams came in. He was 4 for 8 for 51. Um, Cardell Jones, um, 52% completion percentage. Uh, 276, 230 air, and 1 interception. Uh, I liked... Um, I like what DC did. Another great performance. Threw over uh, 384 net yards um, for the defenders. Um, the huge, if you want to look at stat-wise, was the first downs. 16-5. Um, so, throughout the, throughout the game, DC knew how to control the possessions, how they can... Uh, control the clock. New York just could not get offensive-wise, could not get anything started at all. Um, and they got a lot of answers. You know, last week they gave up 394 yards against against uh, Tampa Bay, but again, only gave only allowed three points, which was uh, point-wise is impressive. But when you're nearly giving up 400 yards, that's that's not good either. But again. Nonetheless, um, D.C. goes to 2-0. and New York gets their first loss of the year. And uh, Seattle, Seattle just defeated Tampa Bay 17-9. We'll get those stats um, here hopefully within the next few minutes. If not, um, here we go. Um, tennis, uh, Tampa Bay uh, really controlled the game. But uh, again, offensive-wise... Is struggling, and uh, Cornelius uh, two interceptions, uh, Flowers an interception. So again, we were Tampa Bay is f- kicking field goals and they're struggling. They are struggling to score. Uh, a team that was f- second odds on favorite to win the league, zero and two, with eight games to go. Um, Seattle gets their first win. Silvers comes back. Wasn't impressive performance by any means, but Silvers, um, 91 yards through the air, a touchdown in the pick, um, rushing Williams, Farrow, 
Both have 45. Gardner with 27. None of them, none of them scored. Um, but Reynolds um, was the leading receiver. 87 yards on three catches. And his longest catch was 68. And that was first quarter. But um, tomorrow we'll get some more action. Dallas goes to L.A. St. Louis goes to Houston. Uh, I liked what P.J. Walker, uh, Walker did last week. He really balled out. Um, and took care of business. He really lit up L.A. So, uh, Dallas, Landry Jones comes back. We'll see how that offensive does. Um, they not score a single touchdown last week. Offensive-wise for, for Dallas, struggled and struggled. And we'll see. I expect Dale Landry Jones to come in tomorrow and uh, to take a few possessions, but I expect a lot more points for Dallas and, and, for, the, and for Bob Stoops. Uh, Bob Stoops took his first loss as a head coach of the XFL. But nonetheless, um, week two, we're halfway there. Um, So, if you are following us on Periscope, go ahead and share this. Um, Let us know where you're from. And we'll definitely be glad to give you guys a shout-outs throughout the week. A little short podcast, but really um, productive one. We're going to head to our last topic and that is uh, the expansion of hockey. Seattle, of course, getting close to, if they haven't already named their franchise. Will we see any more expansions? Uh, if you look at a baseball, for example, uh, a lot of these leagues are starting to be where it's the competitive side is starting to show. Now, there's so much priority. Um, so much in football, I thought this year in the NFL, there was so much competition that I don't think you could see, well, this team was bad than this team or, or so on and so forth. Um, I think these leagues are going to continue to expand, but I think eventually you're going to have less and less teams in these minor league teams, so on and so forth. And last but not least, we're going to talk expansion, the playoff expansion Raw Manfred is wanting to expand the playoff system. I don't like it. I don't like the current format. I think it sucks. Uh, it's it's horrendous. Uh, what he has, how it is set up right now, you have your three division winners and your two wire cards. In the past, it was three division winners, one wire card, and that was your playoff format. He wants it to where you have... <clears throat> excuse me, he wants it to where you have your first two teams get a first run by and then the rest play each other. No. No, 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 no. The first, the number one seed picks their opponent. No. No, you you go back, if you want to change the format, you go back and you you keep it as your best of five series in the first round. Then you have your best of seven in the second round, or in the pennant in the championship series, and in the World Series, you have your seven. You don't. You, you don't. No, the league's already the the season's long enough. 162 games is ridiculous. If you want to make any changes, go ahead and 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 lower the league, cut the league in half, or even go down to 100 and. I don't care. 120, I don't care what you cut it down to. 
But the league's long enough. And on top of that, you got spring training. I think there's like 20-something games in that. 30-something games. It's something outrageous. So, I mean, again, the, the, the league is, is just too long. And the playoffs, if you get the first round, the you know, the, for the exception of the one-game wild card, but... Your division series could go seven. Your your championship series could go seven. Your World Series could go seven. I mean, you're looking at 21 games at bet at max. If you're if you're a wild card game, you're looking at 22. It's too long. It's a hundred. I mean, you're over 200 games. That granted, the starters aren't playing in the spring training besides maybe an inning or two, and I get that and I respect that. But the season's long enough. Change the rules. Add the DH and the NL. Make them more. Make the make more interleague games. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, Rob Manfred also wants to eliminate forty, I believe, teams in the minor league, and that's perfectly fine if there's a system and a protocol to that. Because there's a process to everything. Um, I don't know what, how I want to look that up and see exactly, but again, we'll see. But as always, well, you know, on that note, as always, um, follow us on the show, Air Raid underscore podcast, and then follow me on my personal Twitter, On Air with Mike, and then also on Periscope, um, follow us on there, Mike underscore Air Raid Attack, and as always, um, share the broadcast below in the comments and uh, follow us on Twitter and uh, keep uh, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and so on and so forth and, uh, and get the word out. But in the meantime, we're going to be doing another pod tomorrow night and we'll make sure it's a little bit longer than this one. But in the meantime... Uh, we got special guests lined up here shortly, so it's going to be a fun end of March or end of February as we head into March. So take care, guys, and uh, we'll see you do- soon. Let's do this. <laughs>